Thanks for listening to the RTS Washington Faculty Podcast. I'm Timo Sazo, Director of Admissions and Executive Producer and Editor of this podcast. Today, as part of our summer short series, I asked Dr. Paul John to share some of his thoughts on preaching. I'm here with Dr. Paul John, professor, lecturer in New Testament at RTS Washington. And he's a pastor, pastor of New City Presbyterian, and he's been preaching for a while. And he has some experience that maybe some of us could benefit from. So, Paul, I know that you're working on a book on preaching. And what can you share? What can you give us for those who've been preaching for a while and for those who are just starting? So, Timo, it's good to be with you. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this subject. And so forgive me that my thoughts are going to ramble a little bit. But recently, I've been thinking a lot about the experience of preaching. And uh, what I mean by that is, you know, I think one of the best public speakers is uh, Dave Chappelle. And um, I know that Mark Driscoll got in trouble by some uh, notable theologians for saying that Dave Chappelle is a mo- taught him how to preach better than anyone else. And so I'm not echoing what Mark Driscoll is saying. But one thing I have noticed about comedians is the way they pay attention to their audience, right? Like, I guess in the field of hermeneutics, it's called an audience response approach to interpretation. But, um, you know, I've been thinking just a lot about how there's something very fitting to feeling your audience as you preach and allowing that sensitivity to inform, if I can call your preaching performance. Again, you know, I hope our listeners know that I'm not suggesting uh, preaching is performative necessarily, but I think that aspect of uh, preaching is something that we can dwell on more because uh, generally in more, you might say, Presbyterian or conservative uh, context, the focus is on like a sound theology and sound exegesis. And uh, given, you know, uh, I'm a pastor in the PCA and I teach for RTS, I obviously agree that all preaching must be sound and, and you know, all of that. But um, years ago, uh, m- most of our listeners are aware of that book by John Stott, Between Two Worlds, right? More and more, I, I've been thinking about how you have to so much master your material, which is something comedians actually excel in. They master their material. They dwell on their material for weeks, months, and they refine their material to the point where they don't need a manuscript. They don't need to try to recall uh, what they're going to say because it's just part of them, right? And in turn, I think that's one of the reasons why comedians are so effective in communicating because they're focused on the audience, right? And I think it's just that aspect about preaching I've been thinking a lot about as I, um, as I preach, uh, but as I observe other preachers, that seems to be a neglected aspect. So, Paul, how, how do you do that? How do you learn to read your audience better? How can you go about doing that if you haven't been doing it just intuitively? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, I would suggest two things. One, and by the way, what I'm not what I'm suggesting is definitely not new, uh, but number one, I do think that you have to master your material. And for preachers that preach weekly, uh, I, I don't wanna be uh, prescriptive here, but this is why I firmly believe 
you have to start preparing your message well in advance. Um, if I may, I, I personally suggest starting the process Sunday evening. And then I know many uh, pastors like to take Mondays off. Uh, I generally think I prefer to take Wednesdays or Thursdays off uh, for different reasons. But for me, a rule of thumb is I need to have the body basically done, the body of the sermon done by Monday or Tuesday, and start memorizing the uh, sermon by when, Tuesday, Wednesday, because all sermons take time to marinate. And so I think, number one, it's hard to focus on the audience when your mind is split when you're trying to think through your message. And so this is, I think, practically number one, you do have to master your material and that includes um, exegeting and you know doing all, all the legwork that you learn at seminary. I think the second thing that is very important is, you see, a lot of preachers when they preach, they're focused either on themselves or the audience. I think very few people can do both. And what I mean by that is, if your main preoccupation is how is the audience uh, perceiving me? Am I doing a good job? You, you know, like, uh, you know, am I, a lot of preachers go through these existential crises when they are preaching and they, they want to justify their existence and so forth. The reality is this, when you are so preoccupied with how you're coming off and whether you're doing a good job, you literally do not have the bandwidth to think about your audience, to focus on them, right? And so what I try to encourage preachers is that you know, number one, your identity is obviously in Jesus, right? It really is. And when that becomes reality, it provides a lot of freedom when you preach, right? But the second thing I really tell, I think, aspiring preachers is you have to love your people. And what that means when you preach is that your preoccupation is not how they are perceiving you, but how to best serve them. You see, and so the, the difference that makes when you actually preach is, again, your focus is on serving them better. And you try to stay attuned to literally how they are experiencing your message. And, and I intentionally use the word experience because um, and many in the reform camp uh, and conservative circles would agree with this. Uh, preaching is meant to be an experience. It's not just a communication of the word. It's not just, uh, you might say, giving knowledge, imparting knowledge, but you know, preaching is supposed to facilitate an experience with God, you know, through the proclamation of the gospel. And so this is why I think that when you preach, you either are going to focus on yourself, how people are assessing you, or you're going to be focusing on your people. And the more you love your people, I do think you become attuned to how they are experiencing your sermon. That's great. Can you give us an example of this bearing fruit in your own preaching ministry? this reading of the audience i'm not sure i've seen a lot of fruit but, but in general i um i think a broader way to answer this question is i and this fall i i'm gonna be coming out with a book on this topic i have noticed that many preachers plateau they plateau i have been thinking about how one of the greatest dangers in any vocation is supposing that you have arrived, right? And the impetus for this thinking came when I was reading just different books on like world-class athletes like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. Uh, there's this famous documentary called The Last Dance. And granted, 
the things that would motivate Michael Jordan were not exactly <laughs> godly. However, and then when you read the Apostle Paul, his writings, there is something where all of these individuals aspire to become better. Again, granted for different reasons, right? And so one of the things I think about is always how to mature as a preacher. So I'm always thinking about different aspects about preaching, right? And um, during the pandemic, I just uh, had a chance to listen to a lot of comedians. And again, they are not model preachers, but no one can deny they're model uh, communicators. And it just struck me how, again, none of them use a manuscript, which is very interesting. That's something I think preachers can consider. None of them use manuscripts, right? And they're always looking at the audience. And I was just thinking about how comedians would quote unquote perform if they had a manuscript or if they were just trying to follow uh, their original plan versus like um, adjusting. In one, in one instance, I think it was Dave Chappelle, um, someone's cell phone went off. And I'm sure that was in part of his act, his routine. And yet he was able to weave in the incident so well that uh, it seemed like it had been part of like his routine, you know? And I think that, you know, preachers, that's something that we can benefit from. Whether it's, uh, there's this one funny incident where uh, there's this young girl at my church in the middle of the message, she needed to use the restroom, but she took the most circuitous route possible. So she walked in front of me and everyone saw her and then she left. And as she was going, I waved, hey, you know, hey, Melissa, how are you doing? She goes, hey, Pastor Paul. And it, instead of becoming a distraction, the incident seemed to underscore the familial culture of our church. And it, and it was fine. And that's what I mean when I say I think preachers have to be better attuned to how everyone is experiencing the message. I know that that's helpful. But again, I was just thinking about how world-class like you know comedians athletes they're always trying to improve and so along those lines I was just thinking about this specific aspect about preaching but I, I don't think I've seen much fruit yet who knows like I don't really pay attention to that yeah you know of course I wasn't there when Jesus was preaching you know when the crowds were following but I wonder if the preaching that Jesus did was different from the preaching that you know we see perhaps Paul envisioning in um, in his letters or the preaching that we see today. So, but are there, are there some lessons that you would learn from uh, reading the gospel accounts to, you know, to the preaching practice or have, have you picked up on any things that Jesus did that you're trying to incorporate in your, um, in your own preaching? Well, as far as like Jesus being a model preacher, I mean, um, that's absolutely the case. I mean, there's so many things we could say here. Obviously, Jesus was very sound in his theology and exegesis, that's a given. Um, but, you know, we talk a, a lot about the incarnation, right? And um, I think that it's not just he became a man, but you notice that whenever he spoke, even though he was wisdom embodied, everyone was able to understand him. Literally, they, they understood uh, what he said. Whereas, you know, I would say that um, a, a good number of preachers speak in a way that maybe the, only the theologically astute can comprehend. And there's something about Jesus's intelligible, clear proclamation that I think is worth emulating, right? But it's not merely that. Uh, we noticed that whenever Jesus spoke, 
there was a visceral response. People were in awe, they rejoiced, they were angry, right? And so that does suggest to us, I mean, I, I, I don't recall anywhere um, where any of the uh, gospel writers describe his method or his actual manner as he spoke. But I think that we can surmise that from the response to his preaching, that there was something about his preaching and most likely the way he preached as well that elicited a response and, uh, and an experiential response, right? And so even if you are in a Presbyterian church where, you know, expression is tends to be minimized, right? I think it is worth noting as a preacher if your preaching is affecting an experience, a response. That's great. Those are great thoughts, Bob. Thanks for sharing with us. Timo, thanks for having me. It's always good to be with you, brother. Mm-hmm.